Hey there, everyone. Uh, welcome back to the Call Me By Your Game podcast. This is your host, Connor McCabe. And before we get started, uh, we're going to go ahead and give you a few more action items and resources this week to continue to support the Black Lives Matter movement. Uh, first week, it was seven minutes. Last week, it was five minutes. Let's get it to three minutes this week. Um, so a few updates is that first, um, you've probably heard me talking about um, reaching out to Nintendo to discover whether or not they could definitively say if they still employ prison labor or not. Obviously, they have policies in place that go to prevent this, but they also have um, some more official statements in a CSR that friend Greg Smith helped me find saying that they do refuse prison labor. So while that is still not a definitive answer, it's a pretty strict policy they have. So we're going to go ahead and um, give them the benefit of the doubt for the moment. I'm still going to be researching this. There's also the petition in the show notes if you would like to still sign that. Um, One way that you can continue to be active during this time is knowing who your elected officials are. Obviously, a big focus right now is defunding the police, which is the Black Lives Matter's uh, first priority right now. Um, In order to defund the police in your area, you've got to know who your elected officials are. You've got to know what their histories are, and you have to know how to communicate with them and make demands. So um, you can look those up. Uh, I would encourage you to go to your city's website and do so. If you're in Los Angeles, we have a Who Represents Me link to a great website that'll show you all of your elected officials. Um, That way you can communicate with them. And in addition to defunding the police, one of the most important things we can do right now is focus on trying to ending to end qualified immunity. Uh, Qualified immunity is a doctrine that grants government officials, including police officers, performing discretionary functions from immunity or that grants them immunity from civil suits uh, in cases. So this is how, you know, a police officer can uh, murder someone and get off by qualified immunity. There's currently a bill in Congress in order to uh, completely get rid of qualified immunity for officers. So um, if you want to find out, you can find out there after you looked up who your elected officials are, if they support the bill, uh, your congressional officials, that is. So feel free to check those out in the notes. And lastly, we're going to continue to focus on one uh, fundraiser, and that is the Ochre Project, which as if you've been listening, you'll know uh, this project helps bring trans people healthy, nutritious, and culturally specific meals, especially those experiencing food insecurity. So highly encourage you to support that if you still have some funds and you can do so. Um, That is it for today. Keep fighting the good fight. Keep learning and educating yourselves. Keep sticking up for people. And we'll see you on the episode. Welcome back to the Call Me By Your Game podcast. This is your host, Connor McCabe. Uh, And if you've never listened to the Call Me By Your Game show before, uh, this is a podcast where I bring on a friend to talk about a video game that is special to them and why. We'll talk uh, as much about 
what they love about the game as we will what made the context around it special and what is special to them. Um, a little housekeeping up top. Uh, if you'd like to learn more about the show, more things we're doing, you can visit our website at callmebyyourgame.com. Uh, you can email us with any questions, any suggestions, anything you want to share. Maybe you love a game we've talked about. Um, hit us up at callmebyyourgamepodcast at gmail.com. And then if you want to support the show, the two best ways to do that right now is that you can look us up on the Apple Podcast Store and give us a rating and review. That helps our visibility. And then you can also share this with a friend. So if you know someone who loves video games, maybe even loves the game we're talking about today, uh, share this with them. We want people listening and that's the best way to do that. Um, That'll bring us to the end of the beginning of the show and bring us to the best part of the show as i always say we'll relieve you of my voice and i'll introduce uh our guest for the day uh please welcome a tv writer former podcast producer and twitter juggernaut in los angeles (laughs) in los angeles california cody ziggler oh wow i've never heard anyone refer to me as a twitter juggernaut i love that thank you so much for the praise um i have you're welcome i feel like i have now i have big big shoes to fill (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but thankfully you won't have to come up with any tweets on this show. It's just from here on out, I've just put pressure on you and your Twitter account. <laughs> All right, I gotta make sure that I'm constantly hitting at least B pluses now that on my tweets. I love it. Uh, truly, though, uh, like whether it's you coming at like Edgar or Iffy or whoever, I'm always just like <laughs> it's just a source of joy for me. So thank you for doing that. Uh, thank you for 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 following and being a fan. Hey, of course, I've got I've got your back for sure. Um, so welcome to the show, Zig. I've wanted to have you on for a while. Um, yeah, thanks for having me, man. We, yeah, of course. Um, before we dive into um, the discussion for this episode and talk about uh, the game that we're going to discuss uh, and your history with games in general, mm-hmm. uh, let's introduce the game we're talking about. What game are we talking about today? Uh, we're doing XCOM. We're not doing the original, like... PC XCOM we're doing uh the remake that I think dropped in like 2012 yes yep. we're gonna be covering new, that the today new and improved version yeah so there we go um so we'll get to that in a little bit um but first let's dive into your history with video games like I said before the show share as much or as little as you want and I guess let's just start with like what are your earliest memories of like you playing or owning video games? Uh, yeah. So like, it's funny you mentioned that, like my household always had some form of console. Like the earliest memory that I have is, is a Nintendo. Cause I remember my dad was like a big gamer and, um, he would like rent random games from the local like movie store every now and then. And okay. the first game that I remember like distinctively was like, you're like this caveman. It's like a platformer, side scrolling platformer. And you're like a caveman <laughs> and like he had to like throw rocks and stuff at like dinosaurs. And I also <laughs> distinctly remember having the uh, Ninja Turtles, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles SNS uh, Nintendo game, which was like notoriously one of the like just the most hardest, most difficult games you could have uh, yes. as a kid. And I remember never getting past the second level, just constantly dying, like the in, water the, in the, level. Yeah, the water levels, like just impossible. <laughs> and we also had uh, Mario, uh, Mario Brothers slash Duck Hunt. So mm-hmm. like whenever I would die by like level two on Mario, I would then jump over to Duck Hunt and we had like the little like screen, the, the pistol thing. And like I would play that like constantly yes. as a kid. Um, so that was like sort of my intro. And then through that or from there, like I remember my um, 
mom randomly just like we were at like Kmart or something one day and she was like hey do you want like a Game Boy I was like uh, of course I would like a Game Boy so she <laughs> got me like is this a trick question <clears throat> yeah right what uh <laughs> is there a way for me to answer this incorrectly <laughs> so she got me like a, one of those thick ass original Game Boys like the Grey Boys uh with mm. uh Zelda Link's Awakening and oh. it took me f- literally years to beat that game because like you know you're a kid you didn't really have internet so you can like couldn't like look up playthroughs or like guides or stuff so like oh, yeah. i'm just like running around trying to figure out what the hell the wind fish is and like how to like <laughs> get a key to whatever temple and uh like so like that was like my introductory into like games and then like um like my first like my first like cognizant memory of being like oh like i can like choose a game system now was that like randomly again my dad for christmas bought uh a sega genesis uh for christmas with the like no like i didn't I never asked for it it was obviously meant more for him and like he would just like <laughs> sort of pass it off to me playing but then like sonic was how like i really got into like playing games and like being cognizant uh-huh. of like oh man games are fun and like i should i want to rent them or buy them and, and blah, blah 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 so like yep super Nint- like nintendo with ninja turtles and then like sonic when i was like seven or eight and being like a cognizant having like real memories of like being actually able to play and beat a game oh that's so cool um it's also it's so funny to hear you talk about a couple things which i have a problem of not making episodes about myself um no just continue that's what we got in the podcasting baby Hey, you know, we just like to hear ourselves talk. Um, the first, I had the same exact experience with that Ninja Turtles game. Yeah. I'm actually, I still have my NES box. I'm looking at it in my room right now. Oh, staring back at me. Um, so hard. I also never got past that level. Even when I got it on the virtual console on the Wii yeah. years later, I still like couldn't get past it. Those games are so um, impossibly hard. Like I couldn't fathom why you think like a child could beat those things. <laughs> Truly, uh, it's just, I guess I, you know what I did learn recently that the key to that level or one of the keys, which you can still die is to like, not worry about getting electrocuted and to like change out your turtle once the other uh, ones get like very, very uh, low. Oh yeah. That makes but sense. Like, how are you supposed to know that? Yeah. Um, and then, uh, I love also just hearing about you playing Link's Awakening. Like I had Game Boy games. Like I still have a problem not finishing games for yeah. that exact reason. Yeah. Like, I, it's so easy to get lost. I, um, I literally like lost the game. Like I, I lost my Game Boy oh, and no. then like two or three years later I found it again and like I, my save file still works. So I was like, oh wow, I can finally beat this game. And like, I dedicated oh, yeah. like the next week and a half to like beating the game. And it felt so fulfilling to like having this f- five year oh. thing hanging around my neck and finally beating it. Oh, I love that. That's so satisfying. Um, did you play the remake? No, but I wanted to. Um, I'm at this point now, man, where like there there are too many dang video games, and like I feel like I just don't have <laughs> enough time. Like I literally just beat The Last of Us Two um, at like three a.m. this morning, and like I it's, I love the game. I love everything about it. It's one of my favorite series. Like I love the first game. Um, like I think if you asked me to pick my top five games, Last of Us would be up there, followed directly by Last of Us Two. But like. I looked at like the time played, like how long it took me to beat it. It was like 31 mm-hmm. hours. And I was like, I can't like, I mean, now that we have a lot of free time because of like COVID and stuff, but like yeah. back when I was actually working, I was like, there's no way that I could like have enough time to like play this and then play Zelda and then play like whatever other games I'm playing. <laughs> um, but 
I definitely like want to get into it because like I loved I loved that game to begin with, but I also loved like the the basically the style update that they did. It seems mm-hmm. so fun and so like uniquely Nintendo and also like uniquely Zelda. Like if like it could only sort of like work with this, like that art style work with Zelda and make it enhanced, like make it enhance the gameplay. So like it's on the list of things to get as just like when am I going to have, I guess, time to like play the game? Truly. Even like uh, even now during COVID, yeah. I've found myself complaining several times like I don't have enough time to play the games I want, which is insane. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so I am um, right there with you. What I have been doing, speaking of COVID games, is um, I've been really enjoying open world games a lot more lately. I mean, mm-hmm. I've always been a fan of them, but like I like week two or three when COVID quarantine started, I downloaded um, Grand Theft Auto five. Because it oh. takes place in like LA, and I would just like drive around uh, like the highways and stuff, and like <laughs> cut through like Sunset, try to find like the UCB theater. Like I drove around like <laughs> their version of like little of Koreatown. I can just getting like like that was like basically my way of like getting out in the world. But um, oh my gosh. like but speaking of Zelda, like Breath of the Wild, like really oh. hit differently now with like just being able to explore this giant country. You know, like mm-hmm. where you can like. I want to go to the mountains like okay what mountains do you want to go to like I want to go to like the Alps and like I want to go like snowboarding and then I'm going to go hang yeah. out in the desert or like I want to wait around for like that giant Miyazaki like god horse thing and like wait for it to show up <laughs> on the mountain and like tame it and ride it around like it's I have really gained a reappreciation for Breath of the Wild which is a game that I didn't think I could find myself loving even more that's amazing. And also I find your perspective and your like, r- r- at least, I mean, this might not be your only reason, mm-hmm. but that reason for hopping in those games, GTA five and breath of the wild, mm-hmm. super interesting and also practical right mm-hmm. now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, that was actually, I played that game when it launched up breath of the wild and I lo- adored it. And that, that was one of the first games I started during COVID again too. So mm-hmm. like I can, I, f- I feel you on that yeah, one. Yeah, I, you know, I got a Switch pretty late in the game. Like, I didn't get a Switch until, like, maybe a year, a year ago or so. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, the thing with Zelda games, which I, I've always loved them, but, like, I always hated, like, the first hour where you're doing, like, these tutorials and you can't really do mm-hmm. anything. But with Breath of the Wild, it's like, once you get, like, that glider thing, they're just like, all right, figure out. Like, you can go and <laughs> you can go fight the boss right now. Or you can spend the next 40 hours like getting trained and like learning all the stuff and like exploring the world. So like um, uh, I, I went into to Breath of the Wild with like no knowledge of like what was going to go on with the world. And it led to some really fun moments where like, you know, the game like there's there's the game is so uh, detailed and deep and like there's so many things you can do that like you know, two or three weeks into the game, I remember just like walking around like this lake and like this, this like really intense theme song started to play. I was like, Oh my God, what's happening. There's like, is there like a new enemy that I haven't heard of? And mm-hmm. then I looked up and there's just like a giant blue dragon just like flying through the sky. Yeah. And I remember saying, Oh my God, this game has dragons. Like I've been playing this game for like three weeks and I've never seen a dragon. Like what more does this game have that I don't know about? Uh, that's a, you know, that's just like a, I feel like a testament to how rich and that game is as yeah. much as it can kind of seem like, cause it's a, you know, it's like a post-apocalyptic world mm-hmm. of Zelda. It's pretty quiet for a lot of the game, but there's just so much in it. That's amazing. Yeah. It's great. I love it so much. Uh, um, so 
uh, I, first off, I always tell my guests to not worry about tangents. I love tangents <laughs> on that show. It's the show. It's why we do it. Um, but let me bring us back to, you were, um, to back to your journey in video yeah. games. You, I know you were on the Genesis, the Super Nintendo mm-hmm. time. Did you continue playing after that as well? Yeah. So like my dad, um, around that time, my dad was going to night school for like, you know, computer stuff. Like I can't remember exactly Where what it was, from, but by like, the way? say what? Where are you from, by the way? Oh, I'm from, um. Uh, a really small town from in North Carolina called Pine Hall, which is where I grew up. Um, gotcha. Super small, super rural. Like I would be surprised if I think that I was my family was probably like one of the first families to own like a computer, uh, let wow. alone a computer that had like Internet. So, yeah, <laughs> um, my dad was like I said, my dad was like doing like going to night school for computer stuff. So like he started learning like, you know, how to like you know like run dos and stuff so like <laughs> i remember as a kid i would play like duke nukem and like or duke nukem, like the original duke nukem like the side scrolling one but then also like duke nukem 3d and doom and quake and an unreal tournament and all that stuff so like oh. like i sort of took a a, a a detour from like console gaming into like pc gaming because like i love it at the time they were just like companies would just hand out demos but like demos would be like you know three or four levels long so like you could play like you know an hour and a half of a demo and like as a kid you're like oh wow this is a great game this is a full game i don't need to pay 50 bucks to play the actual thing so like there's a (laughs) good period of time in like elementary school and even early on into uh, middle school like a lot of gaming i was doing was like just like strictly pc particularly like unreal tournament like i played so much unreal tournament uh when i was like 11 and 12 um particularly this one map that was like basically just two two towers at the end of this like narrow corridor and if you got to this one spot you could just like snipe people all day and like that would be my thing when i would just like camp in one part of the game and just snipe people across the map (laughs) i love that uh, early early days of online gaming were pretty special. That's really cool. Yeah, because everyone had the same crappy dial up, so like everyone was like, you'd have to worry about someone having super souped up fast internet. Mm-hmm. Man, amazing. Yeah, but um, like, yeah, then from that, like, I got back into like you know, everyone had like a PS2 and like all those and all those games, mm-hmm. but like all of that stuff was sort of like, I think probably pretty um, not generic, but like I feel like everyone pretty pretty much probably has that same experience of like, you know, Grand Theft Auto three and like all those big games. But mm-hmm. I remember like my next big gaming moment being getting an Xbox and like Halo. Like I loved Halo oh. so much. Like I loved, it was like one of those first, first games that I played where I was more enamored with the actual story and the world building as opposed to like the mechanics of the game, like shooting mm-hmm. aliens. Like there's nothing yeah. particularly new about that, but like, having this world where like i was very interested in like you know how do the spartans get made and like what are the programs and like what are these like what are the covenant aliens like and like i remember buying they had like three tie-in novels that like that Mm -hmm. were like sort of like they didn't come with the game but like they advertised them and like i remember buying those and getting really into like the halo books for like a long time um like so like yeah like i've i've always like bounced back and forth between like um like uh you know pc games and console games but i feel like for consoles a lot of my stuff has been more interested in like sci-fi and um particularly stuff where like anytime you get like cool looking weapons and armor and like you fight aliens i'm going to be like i'm going to be instantly interested in that (laughs) which you know is going to make sense for what we talk about later today (laughs) yeah 
That's awesome. Uh, did you pretty much like play? I know a lot of people, uh, when, when I have this discussion with a lot of people there, people end up having like a college gap or like a gap, yeah. a severe gap in their gaming. Did you have the same thing? Yeah, dude, I did. Like I, I went to college and like I had all my games and stuff, but like, I think just cause one, like you're in this new space where like you're meeting people and like you're out and partying or like just socializing. Like you don't spend a mm-hmm. lot of time playing games. Like probably my first year year or two like i didn't really play games that much um i actually i had a roommate when i first went to college that was uh he was like the first person i knew that like hacked his xbox and turned it into like an arcade (laughs) machine so like a lot of it was like playing retro games like i definitely wasn't playing new stuff i was like i remember i turned my laptop into like a a main machine and was playing like street fighter versus like capcom versus street fighter and like all these old arcade games but like i had no idea what like new video games were out at that time Mm -hmm. so like basically i spent like a year and a half just like playing retro games and then when i like maybe like two years in i found out that um i had it so i had a sega dreamcast i love the dreamcast it's one of my favorite systems like a lot of great games on that uh but i i uh found out that like for whatever reason they had dreamcast had this unique um pirating thing where like they just really didn't put any safeguards in place to like stop pirating so like you could Mm -hmm. literally just buy a uh cdr download a game like put on this the special app that let it like <laughs> basically write the game as it would be like an actual game disc. And then you could just like play pirated games. So like I got super into Marvel versus Capcom too, because I just oh. downloaded it. I got like the special app, burned it on there. And I spent probably, probably an entire semester just like playing Marvel versus Capcom too. And not even like beating the game. Like I beat the game tons of time, but like just spending hours and hours and hours in like the training, the training mode, just like trying to figure out crazy combos and stuff and like finding like what my team is and like what my alt team was. And like it was, it was, it was wild how much time I spent playing that game like you got to the point where like you know i had like i had my team was all color coordinated they would always wear like white or black if they had the options uh it was it was it was such like man thinking back like i had so much fun like just spending hours like dicking around in my room like yeah uh playing fucking video games so fun <laughs> Real oh, hot take. video That's- games are fun Hey, you know what? That is the that that's, might be a little too spicy of a take for the show. <laughs> oh man, we actually—that's funny. We talked. Do you, you? I'm sure you know Oscar Montoya. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we, that when we did his episode earlier this year, that's the game he talked about. Oh, more versus Capcom too. Yep. Oh man, I bet he's so good at that game. He would. He he was. He Oscar is one of the. I would say one of the more, if not most humble people I know. Yeah. Like incredibly talented, but you'll never hear him. Like he just doesn't come off as braggadocious. Yeah. He was very clear at how good he was. Oh at that God! Game. I uh, <laughs> I remember when I got like a uh, uh, three at Xbox three sixty. They uh, re released like Marvel vs. Capcom two on like their digital mm-hmm. store. I was like, oh great! I'm gonna go online and whoop so much ass. I've spent so many hours in this game. And when I tell you, I got embarrassed in that game so hard. Like they would hit me, and my character would just like never touch the ground. Like they hit me one time, juggle me, and I would just set my controller down. I'm like, well, this game's a wash. So I, yep. I feel like if I actually played Oscar, he would probably whoop my ass. Um, but I yeah. was, I want part of me was the thing like you know back when I was in my heyday in my my fighting weight, maybe I could hold, I could uh, yeah, I could hold my own against him. Yeah, I like to believe you could for Thanks, sure. Man. 
Hey, of course. Um, were there were there any other big maybe big gaming moments between that point and now or like I know you were talking about the Last of Us too, but or yeah. recently that st- stand out to you that you are know, important? I um you know as post college I really slowed down on video games. Where like one I just didn't have a lot of money, um, honestly, but like I would get to the point where I would buy like maybe one or two games a year, like that's what I could mm-hmm. afford. But honestly, like my last big video gaming moment was last of us like when that dropped and like i don't know 2014 15 whenever the game came yeah. out i was in grad school i was at film school and like that game came out and i was so blown away by so like the technical stuff like one like the game looked great it sounded great like the sound design was fantastic but like the performances in that game like i've i've mm-hmm. Up until playing The Last of Us 2, I personally have never seen uh, acting in a video game that I think uh, had the caliber of like actual film screen acting. Um, Mm -hmm. Not to be dispensive of those performers, but like I mean, like the way that they're like the the the. The performances are great, but like the also like the animation and like the face, like the yep. mocapping was so good. Where like you're really sitting with these characters and like the way that they even shoot shoot the scenes are like reminiscent of like film. Like I feel like with a mm-hmm. lot of like video game cutscenes, it's like <laughs> it's kind of corny. It's like you know just headshots <laughs> talking back and forth, and then someone walks out from the right, and like that's the end of the cutscene. Like if yeah. you ever played like Mass Effect, that all of their dialogue scenes are the exact same. Where like you walk up to a character, you talk, you select your things, and then like when the conversation's over, a character just like walks, exit screens right, and like that's the end of the conversation. And it's yep. like, what, the, what is this? Like what am I watching? But with the Last yeah, of right? Us, like you know the, the performances were so good but then also the story like like the game like it like it's a game that um i think one of my friends described it as like it's not fun to play at all but it's it's so good that you have to finish it and like that is mm-hmm. one of my thoughts were like you know you're really getting punched in the gut for like you know 15 20 hours Ugh. and they sort of lure you back in by having these really nice moments of like nice tender human moments which um the last of us two does even more where like you're like you're playing the game and like you're like man i've i've never personally played a video game where one i've reflected on the violence that like i've done to characters in the game and one i haven't played a game where like also those characters that i am like the the main characters also are reflective of that violence um Mm. Like, I'm not going to spoil anything for Last of Us 2, but, like, the game is a revenge story. And what I really appreciate about it is, like, one, um, they sort of operate on two levels. There's, like, the player interaction where, like, if you kill a character in the game, like, sometimes, like, say, like, you're, like, going to an area and there's, like, a, a squad of, like, you know, enemies. Yeah. like human enemies and like you kill one of those enemies sometimes like you'll hear like oh my god they got Corey, and like someone will run over and oh. like lean over them and like try to wake them up or like just kind of cry and take them out to themselves or like like oh. I, I tweeted this moment the uh, like uh, maybe like a week ago but like there are enemies that have like guard dogs and if you kill oh, the guard no. dog like the, sometimes the enemy will like scream out their name like oh my god bones no or <laughs> if you kill the human that has the guard dog the guard dog will like start whining and like try to go oh. over and like wake up the person that you just killed and like then they'll just like spend the rest of the fight just like sort of like circling around like trying like they don't really know what to do and like whining and stuff so like as like a player you're like oh my god like i'm actually being forced to deal with the consequences of like how my violence is is affecting other people and how how these enemies aren't just like you know bland 
bland space bug or like you know if you're playing yep. call of duty like random muslim person that they get never give any like type of like humanity to which i really appreciated mm-hmm. um so like well that was a long way of me saying that last of us 2 was like our last of us one was like the last great gaming moment that i have but i i love that game and like i love what they're doing with that series and um i i would definitely excited to see more more from them in that studio Ah, oh, that's so cool. That's that's really cool to hear. Um, a, a quick question before I follow up on something: yeah. Did you play that on the first one on PS3 or PS4? I did the first one on PS3. Yeah. Um, I re cool. I did. They were doing like a free download of like the remaster like a couple of months ago that i, I got um yep. but i also forgot just how intense that opening is of the game um have you, you played oh have you played, gosh, it, you yeah. played it before right yeah i have yeah, yeah i i just like you know like when it first when i first redownloaded that the remaster it's like oh cool like i'll jump back into this world like <laughs> i already have like a pre-order in for the sequel so like maybe i can just like re-familiarize myself with like what happened um yeah and then like you know his daughter gets shot in the first <laughs> oh. like 15 minutes and like she's like the the death isn't like one of those like you know movie deaths where like you get shot and like your eyes close and you're finally like i love you uh but she's like mm-hmm. crying and like screaming and like she doesn't want to go and joel is having this very visceral reaction and then like it just slams to black and says the last of us and then i set my controller down i was like i don't i'm not i just I'm not emotionally in the place right now to like <laughs> to like do this again. <laughs> yeah, uh, I feel that. I mean, I was kind of talking to you about it and I was talking to Edgar as well, which is like, that's like why I haven't picked it up right now yeah. is that just like with everything that's going on in, in our world right now, it's like I've, I'm putting my emotions in other places. Yeah. Like I don't, it's hard for me to deal with it all of it at once. Yeah. At the same time, you sold me on exactly why and why not I should pick up that game later today <laughs> yeah it's it's a lot yeah like i had the same thoughts too playing the second one just because like you know the game's about a global pandemic that wipes out everyone and like we're in this yep. stuff and then like all the violence and there's like these roving gangs that are like you know they're not like i mean they're not you know nazis but like they could very easily you know you could very easily map those two things over with like mm-hmm these roving gangs and stuff but like yeah like my 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 uh, i was sort of in the same thought until like i got like you know through the game and like they started commenting on those the the violence and stuff which i thought was really interesting so i don't know if you've played the last of us 2 yet but i i highly recommend it like it's probably like i'm still riding the high but it might be the best game i think i've played um wow at least in that's recent incredible memory, yeah. um I have uh, I have two questions for you. Yeah, hit me. Um, wa- uh, one is that do you think that The Last of Us Two, from just your personal take, do you think that's a game that like I w- it would behoove me to play because everyone else is playing it right now, um, or or are you like no, you can pick that up when you're ready? No, I think you can pick it up when you're ready because like I mean. It- I, I feel you because there's, there's always these things where like things are in the zeitgeist and you want to be a part of yes. it sort of like you know animal crossing was like just huge for like two or three weeks and now people don't talk about it anymore um i think honestly the game is very heavy um and it deals with some really um heavy themes and mature themes that i think take time to process and honestly uh i would go into it when you're ready um like cool. it's still fun and there's still some like really heartwarming moments but like it really is like the first and so it took me like 30 hours to beat and i will say you know the first 10 15 hours are just like rough it's like very mm. very very hard um so like i would definitely enter into it when you have um 
the emotional capacity <laughs> and you know cool. that you, you know, you know that you want to spend the next, you know, week, week and a half dealing with shit. So <laughs> I'd say don't rush yourself. Cool. Thank you. Yeah. That, that only helps affirm where I, how I was feeling earlier. Um, yeah, how are you and feeling? Then, uh, what'd you say? So how are you feeling? You just, you're apprehensive about playing um, uh, the uh, pandemic game. Oh, I would say slightly, yeah, uh, just slightly. And I keep hearing the more I see from people, the more it's like, yeah, this game is like making me think about things. I think it was a tweet that Edgar had today mm-hmm. that was like, this game is making me think about things that I didn't know I was going to. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's like, uh, yeah, but I think I'm like I was telling you, I'm playing trying to finish Horizon Zero Dawn. Yeah. So maybe after it, that'll be the game I play. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, take some time like. I'll, those those games um those like big triple a title games sort of like uh, what's what's my thought like like those games like are they're all sort of that sort of same genre of like these big open world triple a titles that have like mm-hmm. really high caliber acting and all that stuff and it i think one of the thing I, you know what you know what game I, th- I think i don't think if you could do like a double feature of like a video game like <laughs> if you could somehow set aside you know 60 hours to beat a game and then beat another game back to back that i think complements yes. this game very well is the new god of war okay um from like a couple years yeah, ago yeah like right? uh you know that game i don't know if you played it but that game is great it I mean it does ha- it has absolutely zero commentary on violence so <laughs> like you know, the game is all about <laughs> violence but like i think you know, if you were to play those games back to back, I think it could probably offer a pretty unique experience because they're both also okay. sort of like revenge type things like they but they take different routes. Um, very mm. interesting, interesting. Games. OK, good. You know what? That luckily for me, that was like a PS plus download recently. Oh, hell yeah. So so I did that. So that you know what? You've set my path for me. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Um, Glad to be helped. And then my last question for you before we move on is, um, do you have, do you know what you're going to play next? Are you kind of like, I have no idea. I finished this game last night. That's a good question. I, I, so I did. So XCOM two, the sequel to to this recent XCOM just Mm. came out on switch. Like it's been out for years, but it finally came out on switch. So like I bought that like a week and a half ago and I'm probably Mm. like halfway through. I took a break to play last of us. So like, I, I guess I'll probably dive back into that when I have, you know, I want to take a couple more days and like sort of decompress from like Last of Us 2. But I think that's going to be like the next game that I like dive back into and like officially okay. beat. Awesome. Very cool. Uh, well, thank you for diving into your your history with games, yeah, what man. you're doing now. Um, I, I like never mind when that takes 20 minutes because it's like <laughs> sometimes the most fun stuff to talk about. Yeah. Um, so, but let's kind of pivot right now. Mm-hmm. And before we talk about your personal experience with uh, XCOM, yeah. Enemy Unknown, let's talk about the game history and context. Yeah. Um, and again, dude, like if you, if I start talking about this and you're like, Hey, yeah, I want to share, just interrupt me and start sharing. For sure. Um, cause, cause of course, like I said, I don't know about this game, but I have like two, three sentences prepared. <laughs> <laughs> um, so for the listener out there who, uh, is not, uh, isn't familiar with this game, here's a little history and context. XCOM Enemy Unknown is a turn-based tactical video game developed by Firaxis Games and published by 2K. Um, it's actually a reimagined remake of the 1994 strategy game UFO Enemy Unknown, and it was released for the for Windows, PS3, Xbox 360 on October 9th, 2012. Um, the game is set in an alternative 
alternative version of the year 2015 and puts the player in control of an elite paramilitary organization called XCOM, hence the name, during an alien invasion of Earth. Uh, the player commands troops in a field uh, in the field in a series of turn-based tactical missions and between missions directs the research and development of technologies to expand the player's capabilities, their arsenal, all sorts of stuff. Um, the last thing that I'll share uh, is that this game was critically acclaimed for its difficulty replayability Oof. addictiveness and was named game of the year by several publications and its sequel like you were actually just talking about was released in 2016 oh yeah you're talking about difficulty that game's not lying uh yeah <laughs> uh, i i yeah so like the, the way that i found out about this game is that that aforementioned roommate that i had in undergrad was a big XCOM fan of like the original like the the, the like the i don't know whatever which everyone released in like the 90s which mm-hmm. I tried to play and dude, when I tell you that game was in was difficult. Like I like I just had no idea what the hell was going on. Like your enemies would get sniped halfway across the map. They had this really um unintuitive like resource mini game or like a resource part of the game where like you have to like make sure you get enough bases and like everyone is getting supplied with stuff and it just was not fun to play at all. <laughs> but like I stumbled across um this YouTube channel called like I think his name was like Christopher Odd or Mr. Odd, where he was doing like a re- mm. uh, playthrough of the XCOM 2. I was like, oh, this game looks fun. Like, I don't know if I want to drop $60 on this game because it was new at the time. I'll go back and replay XCOM, the the, the prequel to this. So, like, ah. I uh, like I had just moved to L.A. Um, like, I didn't really have a lot of friends. So, like, I spent a lot of, like, my early, like, a couple of months in L.A. playing this game, which is, like, how I got so into it. But okay, I downloaded Steam and like I downloaded the uh, this XCOM, and like it is, it was so fun and so addicting. Um, and like you said, like uh, it was the difficulty was like so like like you would like lose your mind sometimes at how angry you would get <laughs> because you would just get your ass whipped by these dumbass aliens. But one of the things that's so fun about it, and like I'm sure we'll dive into it later, but like you can like customize like your characters and like give them unique backgrounds and stuff. So like. Um, a thing that I would do is like once I got the game and like opened up to like the point where like my squad like so you like your squad mates like your individual soldiers will like basically get these things called promotion which basically just levels them up and they get new skills skills Mm. and stuff and like they get like more health and blah 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 so like once I got to the point where like all my um, soldiers were like maxed out at like Colonel, I think is like the highest level. I would then go in and customize them and make them look different. So like I had like a there was like at one point, like I had a whole squad that was just like they were just like African warriors and they were all like, you know, they would have like <laughs> like Nigerian and like Ghana names and like most of them were like women. So like I found out that there's like this like little this random achievement called like Valkyrie where like if you enter into the field with like an all Oh, like an all woman team or female team, you get like this cool achievement. So like I instantly unlocked <laughs> that and like I would have squad members that were like I mean I had this one soldier that I make in every single game that I play. His name is Henri Lowe. He's this like French uh black dude. And like you can set up um this option in the game where like depending on like your, you can set the language to be like what their nationality is. So like mm-hmm. if you have a character that's born in Germany, they speak German. If they're French, they speak French. If they're like oh. Nigerian, they'll speak whatever, they're like, you know, Italian, Italy and all that stuff. So like I make this guy French and I give him a French accent and I give him a shotgun. And his whole thing is like, he's like the scout of the game because like when you drop uh-huh. in, like you're basically given like the small radius where like you were like, you can see, and there are certain classes that have, um, like sort of like pseudo invisibility where like they can like 
like enemies won't see them or detect them as easily as they will other people. So like he's like okay. the guy that I drop in and like I send him out deep into the field to like do some like reconnaissance. And it's very fun like building up a backstory for all these characters when like you first get into the game. That is that is it does sound very fun. And that is like truly not something that I could have even gathered by like the videos that I was watching <laughs> trying to familiarize myself with the game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's amazing. It's 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 um, some fun stuff. Uh, that's really cool. So you for question for you, when did did you move out to LA? So I moved to LA this September 21st, 2015. Uh okay, so gotcha. to, yeah. And I had this really terrible um like producing editing job for like this YouTube, not even companies like a, one lady who had like a youtube channel and she would do like <laughs> sat prep videos because she was like a tutor and like that was like a thing that she would do it's so, like i had this really crappy job making no money and i was like Sh- i i i gotta find something else to do and i ended up yeah. that's how i got it at ucb is that i ended up getting a job working there excuse me i so that's how i got at ucb i ended up working there and that's how i got um like a little bit more money and that's how i also I decided like, you know, I have like a little bit of extra income. I'm just going to dedicate it to doing something that doesn't make me want to lose my mind. And that's how I got (laughs) (laughs) into like Steam gaming. Amazing. That's really interesting. It's funny, like what uh, periods of your life, kind of we were talking about college where you're so you're so not only busy, but you're probably excited and want to socialize. Yeah. Where like that lends itself to like hardly any gaming Mm -hmm. and discovery. Whereas like when you don't have anything going on, that's like one of the few things you can do by yourself <laughs> yeah, exactly um so you just so you found this game on steam but this because of your friend who had played it in undergrad so not not in film school but before that right yeah yeah like he turned me on to it and i was like you know i i don't i don't dislike those type of games like just like it's like one of those things where you go back and you play like you know the original like any like original like side scroll or beat him up they're like there's something like they're not polished enough there where they're not like super fun, but like you could tell that like as technology and people got better at making games that those games could be more, uh, you know, entertaining to play. And that was sort of my thought process with XCOM where like the original is so rough and just so like, it's like such a, it's a game that seems so dedicated to like nineties, hardcore, you know, PC nerds that like, it's just <laughs> not something that like a general, I think audience would want to play, which is what, my thought process was and then they dropped this new one and like i saw that it was a bunch of or like they dropped the remake and like i saw that it had a bunch of like um really solid reviews and also i saw that the sequel had even more reviews or better reviews so like that was for like my entry point into being like if i like this game um i'm gonna play it for a little while and then see if i like like enough to like buy the sequel because i was really interested in the sequel okay that's that's really cool i i i thought something that you just shared was particularly interesting because i think it's something that i've experienced which is um and maybe maybe this is i don't want to put words in your mouth but sometimes i find myself and i want to know if you've experienced the same thing Mm -hmm. like i can be captured or super intrigued by something a lot of times it does have to do with like i would say video games Mm -hmm. or like tv shows but mostly games where i it might not be great or i might not understand it Mm -hmm. but like i can't sort of get it out of my mind yeah sort of thing yeah that, the, the most recent thing i've had happen with version of, that i've had happen with that was like uh there is this like you know there's this game called predator hunting grounds where like it's like mm-hmm. an asymmetrical shooter or like you know 
four people form like a fire team and they like they're going into some vague honestly i think pretty racist depiction of like a south american like nondescript country to like you know destroy I, drugs or whatever and like one person plays a predator and your idea and you the whole idea is like you're trying to stop like one person's tr- the predator trying to stop this fire team this fire team is trying to like either complete their mission or like defeat the predator um it's like a 40 dollar game it's not really that good like there's a lot of glitches there's like <laughs> you know the, the enemy ai is just dumb dog shit um it's not a great game but it, it was i was so intrigued by by it because i had uh, a friend that was like hey hey man do you want to play this game i just got back into gaming i was like yeah sure whatever so like we ended up he ended up convincing like four other like comedy people to like spend tw- like 40 dollars on this terrible licensed game and like it was a lot of fun like the game is garbage but like the people that like you sort of surrounded yourself with made it a lot more Mm -hmm. enjoyable experience experience so like i do take time out to like do those things too it's sort of like the easiest equation for me is that like you know like exploitation films are like movies that are like so bad that they're good and like there is something Mm. to be said about that about video games because I think uh, since like I think a lot of video gaming is like such a social communal thing, um, it's easier to like bring a group of people together and play a game that may not necessarily be that good, but you can still have like a lot of fun out of it. And like totally. that, that's sort of like been my approach to like like you know games that probably aren't very good but are still fun. Sort of like have you ever played um, Earth Defense? No, but I do know uh, EDF. Yeah, like I. I got a I got like one of those games when I was in undergrad and like dude the game was trash it was like twenty bucks uh, <laughs> it, like it, it looks like shit but it is such a, like it might be one of the most fun games game experiences I've ever had uh, because like <laughs> you know you're just like this little crappy guy you have these guns that do insane things and you're shooting like at some points there's like 50, 60, 70 like monsters just like crawling all over your screen and you're like just having a blast it's very fun so yeah i guess that's my long-winded way of saying that i do i can enjoy some like games that are like a little little rough around the edges huh you're you know you're uh i don't know if i would i don't know you well enough to describe you as easygoing or going with the flow but it sounds like you're able to do that <laughs> uh if if it can result in like fun or like even playing with other people yeah yeah for sure like i mean i know i always feel i don't know how you feel about this but i do feel weird like i never feel good like shitting on something you know unless it's like unless it's like you know out like objectively bad or like you know racist or sexist or whatever but like yeah. you know because people like came together and like their their mission statement wasn't to make like a bad game or like a bad movie or a bad tv show or whatever so like i feel bad saying that something is shit but um so like i do try to look on like the brighter side of things so like if i can get some enjoyment out of a piece of media that may not be up to my standards or you know or like or whatever yes. a certain standard is i do try to like look on the bright side of things that's awesome and probably an approach that a lot of us could take more often um <laughs> Because true, I mean, it's even like what you said, thinking about like that a group of people came together to like make something, and a lot of the times they didn't have like uh, nefarious intentions with it. Yeah, it's like you know, I've made stuff that sucked, yeah. or like I've had people come to like improv shows that have fucking been terrible. <laughs> so, you know, so who am I to yeah, talk? I, sort of I thing. think a lot about that when it comes to like Adam Adam Sandler movies, where like. You know, he gets a lot of shit. I think, you know, I mean, I'm not going to defend those movies because I think a lot of them are not particularly that well. They're definitely that made for mm-hmm. me. But 
I think if someone was like, hey, I'm going to give you, first of all, like no movie, like making um, like there's no easy way to make a movie. Like you're still going to be on set 12 hours a day. You know, you still got to like lock down locations like no one. It's like you're not just like getting an easy paycheck making a movie. But if Mm -hmm. someone if like Paramount was like, hey, here's, you know, 20 million dollars for you and like your friends to go like make a movie in like Hawaii. Like there's no reason. There's no (laughs) way I would be like, yeah, sure. I'm going to go do this for like three months and like hang out with my family and get paid and watch my friends get paid. Totally. Yeah. M- more than reasonable. Yeah. And also I do, I do want you to l- do want to let you know that I'm typing the headline for this episode. Now it's Zig is a Sandler movie. apologist. Uh, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> just be, just be prepared that, for that. That's how I get canceled. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that was my yeah i unintentionally cancel you coming on my show as a favor uh that's awesome um let's and we've already kind of pivoted to like your experience with the game mm-hmm. which i love um so what uh before we dive into more of the stuff that like you love about the mm-hmm. game itself and maybe you already covered as much as you wanted to but anything else you remember about like the context of when you were playing this thing this game by yourself when you kind of moved out here? um yeah i so i had just so when i first moved out here i was also staying at a friend's um apartment he was like back home in nigeria for like i i think like maybe like a family thing so like i was mm-hmm. sleeping on the hold on i gotta burp one second go for it oh sorry um so like hey no worries um I was like sleeping on this like really tiny cot, just being completely miserable, not having any type of like social interactions. And like my friend who told me about the UCB job also was like, hey, do you want to come stay in our guest room? So dang, so many burps. So like I had just moved into like this guest room in Burbank. Um, I didn't really have anything to do. So like I would spend like basically when I would go to bed at like, you know, 11 o'clock, I'd just go in open up my laptop and then just play XCOM until like two in the morning. Like (laughs) that was my context, like staying in like a guest room with like, there are like two cats trying to like (laughs) sneak into the room sometimes and like walk across my laptop when I'm like playing and then like making me inadvertently like throw a grenade and blow up one of my guys. (laughs) As cats will do. (laughs) Yeah. That's amazing. We're, and I know you said you're staying with a friend when they were gone. Were you the only person who was staying there at the time or were there other people? No, there was another guy there, but he worked at like, he was like an, he's like an, he was like an audio dude and he okay. worked at like whiskey a go, go. I think he was like interning there or like apprenticing oh. there. So like he was never home. Cause like, you know, those hours are so insane. So it was basically just like me <laughs> in this, like yeah. this apartment by myself, like <laughs> the first three weeks with like no human contact. It was very, it was definitely not a fun time. Oh my gosh. Interesting. Um, have you all, you were saying last night and this is unrelated to like this part mm-hmm. of the game, but, uh, or the show, but you were saying that you stayed up pretty late, uh, playing the game. Are you a night owl? Dude, I mean, I've always been sort of like a a night person, like even when I did have like even when I was on like She-Hulk and we would start the room at like 1030, like I would still Mm -hmm. like I would still physically go to sleep at like two or two or two thirty. Like that was like my schedule. So like now that I have, you know, (laughs) no, I have no responsibilities like I've been going to bed (laughs) at like five or six. Um, It's been very bad. Um, Also, part of that has been just like me playing games like that's going to be my defense and like my excuse but yeah i'm yeah. i've always been like a night owl like that's that's always been my thing like that the idea of waking up voluntarily at like fucking 8 a.m like no thank you <laughs> uh, no i don't want that I, at all 
I feel you. Uh, I'm like, I would say I'm like a tweener. Sometimes <laughs> I'm like er- early, but late, dude, quarantine during this yeah. whole time, I it's been pretty, pretty bad. Yeah, it's been as rough. As far as like how late I've been staying up. Um, uh, let's also, oh, I'll kind of pivot back to the, the main discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some things that you like love about this game? What, what did like really stuck out to you that, uh, grabbed you and that you like remember fondly? Yeah. I and mean, the big, the big thing was definitely like just the customization. Like that was really fun. Um, mm-hmm. but there's this mechanic in the game that I really, really enjoy. Um, that was sort of, it was definitely expanded upon and improved in the sequel, but so like I was saying earlier, like your, um, you know, your, your, your soldiers can get different like um, skills depending on like what they are. So like the basic breakdown is like you have, um, I think, four different classes. There's um, a ranger, which is like your shotgun scout. Um, their whole thing is like getting up close and dealing a lot of brown, uh, like a lot of damage. There's like um, specialist, which is like your medic, your medic class, a heal. Mm. Um and they can like sort of like do support and give you buffs and stuff. There's um, grenadier, which is like your heavy. Um, they like have a big chain gun. They usually have like rockets, and their whole thing is like like you know destroying like cover and all that stuff. Because like a lot of the mm. game is based on cover too. You get like defense bonuses and stuff depending on how your cover is. And then there's a sniper class, and like my sniper class was always fun because once you get once you hit like max level, you can sort of like break the game by because because you get this one skill called like i think headshot or something like that where like basically the game this the way the game is set up is you get two action points um you know you can use the action to like move and shoot or you can use the action mm-hmm. to like reload or whatever but you can you can only do two actions normally but with this okay. skill you can um basically as long as you have ammo and if you kill a character in one shot as a sniper you can keep you know, shooting until you run out of ammo or like all the enemies are dead. So like, Oh, there's this really fun broken thing where you do where like you get this special like type of armor, which is like a jump jet where like you also, as you, um, the game has like bonuses depending on like how high you up you are. Like if you have like a height advantage, you can get like, you know, plus 10 accuracy or whatever. So like if you have a maxed out sniper and you use the jump jet and you get vision and you can see all the characters, you can basically take out like half the enemies in like one take, which is very fun and a kind of broken thing to do. Um, which like, that was just a fun, like late game way to like, <laughs> just like, you know, take out half an enemy squad, which is really fun. Totally. But they also have this really um, fun thing that the game is sort of known for is like a, uh, it's called overwatch, which is like, basically uh say like you take a turn and like the enemies take a turn so like if at the end of my turn i move a character up and i hit overwatch and if the next turn like an alien like moves or like runs in my division um that you get like a free shot at that of that target so like oh they xcom and particularly xcom 2 like they they sort of this sort of gameplay sort of revolved around ambushes which is like what you would do is like say you have a squad of six people so you'd set them all up um, and of those five people, um, you would set them on for Overwatch. So like they would take out shots, um, reaction shots whenever aliens would like run or whatever. And for like that last hmm. person, usually what you would do is like you would have like your grenadier or someone that has like an explosive, like basically launch a grenade and like injure a bunch of character of a bunch of the enemies. <laughs> and then they would like scatter for cover. And then when they would scatter for cover, like your soldiers would just like pick them off one by one. It's very fun because okay. like it goes into like the slow motion, like uh this like slow motion bullet time thing. And like they had this really uh-huh. fun like sound effect that it's like, it's like very, it's like just a very fun sequence to watch for like, yeah. so like 
you could get to the point where like you know um you could set up where like you could take out basically like a whole enemy squad in one turn by like setting everyone to overwatch and just like basically trick them into running the cover which is like just a very fun strategy um so like those are the things that like i enjoyed the most were like these sort of like in-game funny like overpowered like game breaking <laughs> um, sure. um, um um assets but then also like developing really fun strategies for like fighting enemies which is like a thing that i i sort of discovered about myself playing the game is that like i really do enjoy um the strategy of it because there are definitely certain parts where you have to like like you sort of like paint yourself into a corner and you have to like prioritize like how you're going to get out of the game and also or the situation and also this game is sort of built around like you know building these squads and like having these soldiers and like they also have permadeath in the game so like if i if one of your soldiers oh. dies they're just like gone forever and you have to like rebuild up like you know a new soldier so like if oh. if like if for whatever reason you're like you're bonded to this character like if i was bonded to like Henri and he died like i would be very upset that like this character that i've spent like 20 hours <laughs> with got shot by like a little alien <laughs> it's very it's a very interesting look into like how you can like form parasocial relationships with things that aren't real that's so funny. I was, I was, I'm so glad that you brought that up because that was something I was going to ask you about. Mm-hmm. The, the only game like remotely <sighs> like this that I've played is Fire Emblem Three Houses. Oh, yeah. And, and they have permadeath, but that's also an option. Like I, I basically played on like the, the normal difficulty, mm-hmm. but I did, I was too afraid to have permadeath because <laughs> I was also just so attached yeah. to some of the characters. Yeah. I'm the same uh, way. Like I'll, I'll definitely just restart a level. Um, because they had this option where where like you can set where like basically uh you can't load previous saves like whatever happens happens in the game like I always turn that off because mm. i like i truly love creating my characters so much and i, I grow so attached to them <laughs> as the game goes along <laughs> would you ever i love creating characters in games mm-hmm. that's so much fun especially i mean the only time i really do that is like in a sports game yeah like I'm playing this game on the switch. Well, it's on every console and platform. It's called super mega baseball. Mm -hmm. But the fun thing, one of the fun things is you can go in and not only edit your uniforms and, and your logo and, but you can edit everything about your characters, except their skills would. And, but I would like sometimes make them like my, my friends. Would you (laughs) ever do that? Or was it like, you're like, no, I'm going to separate reality. These are going to be these characters. That's funny. Sometimes I, I have, I've done that in other games where like I've made my friends like in, the game mm-hmm. um for this one i would feel so bummed out if like you know i made matt apodaca and he got blown up by like a, a, a plasma <laughs> grenade but like i have thought about doing a run through where like i just like make um so you, you have they have this things in uh, xcom 2 called a character pool where like you can basically go in like you're saying like just create characters and like paint them put them in this character pool and anytime you start a new game like they'll randomly select from that pool of characters. So like, oh, cool. There are people that will like. You know, there's a pretty thriving community of people that just like swap out characters and stuff. Because you can go in and write like backstory and be like, this character was born here and they face this, this, and this. And there are people that are like really, really into like building out that lore and stuff. Um, but I, I am thinking about like once I beat XCOM two, going back through and just having like a UCB squad of people that like <laughs> I play yeah. with. So like if that happens, I'll definitely send you a screenshot of like your character, you and Edgar. I'll I'll send you a screenshot. Wow, I feel honored to even be included in that. Oh, of course, man. <laughs> 
Uh, thank you so much. Yeah, uh, and that sounds, that sounds really fun. Um, you were, one of the thing I want to ask you about is that you were talking about kind of having to, uh, you didn't say like push yourself to find strategies, but you would like get in a, and like painted into a corner in a battle or a mission. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and then you would have to figure out a solution yeah. sort of do either a, do you either like remember like any, any of those times specifically and like kind of solutions you found over the years mm-hmm. or do you, uh, or any, anything like that you might want to share? Yeah. So there's no B, there's just an A to that yeah, question. I'm, uh, I'm thinking there's, uh, this is just something that popped up in the recently in the, the XCOM two that I was playing, but, um, like there's, I mean, how do I explain? So like, so like when you take shots, there's basically like, it's like an RNG, like it's like a dice roll. You're like, you get like, mm-hmm. you know, percentage based on like whatever it could be anywhere from like, you have a 30% chance of being this thing to like a 99% chance of being this thing. So, but whatever, but for whatever reason, like I was in this situation where like I had accidentally triggered like three different enemy squads and like I was just absolutely surrounded Oh no! <laughs> and like I was like, "Fuck! I'm gonna have to like reset this game because like they they're gonna kill everyone." But for whatever reason, like uh, like the 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 enemies like their dice rolls were just trash, so like they literally missed every single shot. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh my god! Thank the gaming gods that like I didn't get my fucking <laughs> squad wiped." But like I moved, um, I think it was like a specialist character, so like like the medics. So, like I moved them to, like to behind cover, uh, and then I I brought up one of like my grenadier characters and i launched a uh there's this uh item called a frost bomb which will like just like freeze characters for like three turns so like you can like sort of like recalibrate your shit and get an idea like what's going to be going on so like Mm -hmm. i came up and i froze them and then i sent in um my my ranger Henry, he he has made the he made it in the original game, and he's I made him in the sequel too because I love him so much. Hell yeah! So he has <laughs> so silly. He has uh, he he has this like giant peak <laughs> battle axe that I gave him. Where like mm-hmm. what? So like like I said, characters can generally usually get two turns, like you know, move and shoot or sh- mm. reload and shoot. But with this character, he has a buff where he can like throw his battle axe and it won't count a point. So like I throw a battle axe, take out an enemy and then like I run up close to them and then like just shotgun them in the face. And like, that's how like I got out of the situation. But wow, it was like, it was, it was like, you know, the, of like panic, like these are actual people that I'm about to lose. And then like, Oh, wait a minute, I'll shoot my ice, my ice grenade. And that'll save me because like, that's the thing that happens in real life. <laughs> I know. Right. I, I, that is funny though. Um, I, th- that's that is such a satisfying story. Mm-hmm. I, I a couple things that I thought about is a I don't know about you, but like there are times, oftentimes in games, like whether it be it's I think often in an RPG where I'm like, oh my characters keep missing, but they the other characters yeah. never miss, and like it always feels like you that the uh, the game gets all the breaks, but mm-hmm. when the rare times happen, yeah, that you get those breaks. It's like. It's so exhilarating. Now, I if you're interested in these games or anyone listening is interested in just like watching a playthrough, I highly recommend this guy named Christopher Odd. I think he goes by Mr. Odd on YouTube, but he does hmm. a playthrough of like the original XCOM. He does a playthrough of XCOM 2, and then like he'll go back and do one for modded. Like it's it's really fun to like watch him because he's really good at the game and also he has he's he's also like a big ambush guy. So like he's really it's really fun. If you want to see like you know what like a a really fun like fight can be like in the game, I definitely recommend checking out his YouTube channel. He's got some really fun stuff on there. Oh, that's cool. Um, 
That's really interesting. So you can sort of like he maybe his tactics are generally ambushing, but you could also have a lot of success with other tactics. Yeah, he, for me, he, he's a little bit more cautious, I think, also because he's, you know, doing a playthrough. So like he has to like give detailed breakdowns of everything that he's doing. Like mm. I'm a little bit more uh, uh, impulsive or like a little bit more um, like I'm not afraid to just like send someone out deep into the game and see what's going on. Like I'm definitely a little bit more aggressive sure. in that way. But like, yeah, you know, it's interesting seeing like how people's play styles will, um, you know, um, affect how they like their personality, how their personality affects their play style. And also like just genuinely some fun outside the box thinking that like if I haven't if I hadn't watched this channel, I wouldn't have realized that I could get out of certain situations uh, that you could just because mm -hmm. it's not a thing that it's one of those things where it's not ex expressly implicitly expressed but like if you just sort of like take a moment to think about like what you can do in the game and what the game allows you can realize that you can get at, you can get into and out of some fun some tough situations in a fun way uh, so like I definitely recommend it for watching that as well just seeing like how how you can like how you're giving a lot of tools to like get out of and also explore and like sort of bend the game's rules to your way which is also a fun thing that i've like sort of enjoyed mm. like figuring out as i've played along that's awesome that's uh you know the sort of thing you were just describing where it's you i mean you've spent a lot of time with this game but like the like or even you were kind of touching on this with breath of the wild is like you can spend so much time with a game and it like one of the most rewarding things can be like you continue to learn yeah. new ways to play it yeah. and things about it that's amazing yeah, it feels because it you know it, it it feels what I enjoy about game games um, that, you know, I feel like you can't really get with a movie or a cinema, which is something that I really enjoy as well, is that like, you, you know, uh, there's, there's like this almost like this organicness or like this like this um, evolution when it comes to like playing a game. And like the more you know about it, the more you can sort of like, you know, finesse it in your way or like the, the deeper yeah. you get into it, which is something that I think you can't really get out of movies just yet. But like, yeah, like those moments in breath of the wild, particularly like the first time that like the dragon one will always like that dragon <laughs> will all like, it, it's literally going to be something that I always think about because it was such a, like, it's like, you're like everything that I love about like a Miyazaki movie, but like you can actually go up and touch the thing you know like you have control yeah. of that and like that and like not to go back to zelda but like have you seen the king of the mountain have you read into that character yet in breath of the wild uh, i don't remember so like this is breath of the wild yeah, right so there's this uh really cool thing where like you know every now and then like maybe every couple of like weeks in like in like in game weeks like if you're at like <laughs> there's a certain mountain where like if you look at it at like night you'll see like this giant green like light shooting up and like, I remember the first time I saw that, I was like, what the fuck is this? And like, yes. I went over there, like I climbed up the mountain, I climbed, climbed, climbed. It took forever. And you end up finding like this, like, um, it really is straight out of like Miyazaki. It's straight out of like, um, what is it? I just watched it. Not Spirited Away. Um, the one about like the forests, like all the forest gods, whichever one that one is. Um, yeah. Um, like, like the wolf, the wolf gods and all that stuff and the boar gods, that movie. Um, like there's like, you know, it's like basically like that from the movie. Like there's like this this like cherry blossoms and like this pond like all these like little like like fairy rabbit things that are running around and in the center of it is like this giant like like human faced deer green deer thing that has like six eyes it's just very it's like shocking to look at and like you're riveted by seeing it and like um 
it's this in the game it's called the uh king and it's like the the king in the mountain or something like that or uh oh. something the mountain king or some it's like some deity within the game and you can like tame it but it takes like three bars of stamina in the game to like tame the beast but once you tame it like <laughs> it has infinite stamina and like you can run around and stuff and like i remember like the first time that i saw that like i tamed it i was just like uh, it was it was such a unique experience and like it added so much more depth to the game because also at that point i had been playing it for like a month and like i'd always seen like the glowing green top mountaintop but i had never investigated it and just being like wow there is so much there's so much stuff in this game that i have not even like begin to understand like i'm i'm so curious to see like what more what more this world offers and that's sort of a a similar thing that I have with XCOM or even XCOM 2 where like there's so many different mm. strategies and like approaches to like how to play this game and like how you can like even build up like the context of your squad and the composition of your squad and like I don't know there's a lot of freedom that you get when you have like games like that and that's something that I've been more appreciative pre- appreciative of as I've gotten older that's amazing and I think that's a really really well articulated on like ex- that specific feeling um I, I, last question for you on xcom mm-hmm. before we uh before we do anything else was i meant to ask you um when between battles when you are doing all sorts of other things mm-hmm. i know that you're like building up your resources and your abilities and stuff do the characters that you have do they interact are there like relationships or like uh dialogue is anything like that happen in this and not so much in the first game you're just like commander do this thing but they they did make a point in the second one to have like there's like your head engineer and like there's there's your head scientist and like there's like the person that's actually like operates like your main vehicle and they sort of like interact and they have like personalities and stuff that you can sort of like watch them grow as the game goes along but your actual soldiers just like sort of hang out in like the barracks like you can like go into the barracks and see them like exercising and stuff which is pretty funny but like yeah there's not like too much interpersonal interaction going on in the first one as far as i gotcha. remember okay no worries uh but thank and but thanks for letting me know um well i feel like we've gotten to talk about a lot of like the 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 game the ins and outs of the games and mm-hmm. what you love before we move on to any to a couple fun moments at the end of the show was there anything else you didn't get to share anything you wanted to wrap up before we do so um you know i i i want hammer i want to hammer it home one more time like if you're interested in these games i definitely i cannot stress enough how how fun it is to watch uh christopher odd play through like he's a really he's like he's um mm. He's he plays these type of games a lot, so like he, he like he has different strategies for each one. But like uh, it's really fun just like watching someone who knows what they're doing play those games, and also it's fun like just to go in and make mistakes. Like there are some really fun videos you can watch of like people just getting their squad wiped because they weren't thinking, which is also really fun. So like <laughs> just like you know YouTube um, XCOM playthroughs and just like watch some fun videos. Like they can be it's a it's really fun just like watching those too. If you're like not, if you're like stressed out about playing the actual game. Awesome. Well, you know what? I think because you've mentioned it a couple times in the show notes, I'll include uh, a link to uh, Christopher Alt's YouTube channel because why the heck not? Um, well, hey, before, we've got a couple of fun segments at the end of the show, but thank you so much for sharing um, about like your experience and love for that game. Yeah, anytime. Um, all right. Well, let's move on to the 
two segments at the end of the show. The first one, Zig, is the fact me by your game <laughs> segment. So, so, so this is where I am just going to tell you a couple, a few facts mm-hmm. about the game. You might already know them. These could be anything from like Easter eggs to development history. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll just dive right Sweet. in. So, um, in uh, the in XCOM, uh, there's an arcade machine. Do you know about this arcade machine that you can find in the barracks? Uh, I may have seen it. No, I do not. Hit me. What, what's the details? So basically, it's not. Unfortunately, it's not like a little mm-hmm. mini game you can play. But in the barracks, um, there's there's an XCOM Fighter Alpha arcade game <laughs> that is set up. So it's just a little arcade cabinet uh, that has like a little image of a soldier and a sectoid from the original oh, game. Um, but it's a fun, just a fun little Easter egg. Um, and that was from, I've been trying to credit my sources, <laughs> you know, cite my sources. So that's from fandom, fandom XCOM wiki. The second one is that, uh, there's actually a reference to Alf. Oh, in this what? Game. How, what, how, what, what's the reference? It's, so, um, apparently, uh, there's, I mean, this is all stuff, of course, I don't know, but in the in the situation room, you can hear central officer Bradford make a bunch of different comments mm-hmm. about stuff. Um, and if you overhear him occasionally, they will, these comments will have references. For example, the one about Alf is he says, he's like, listen, he's listening to someone and he responds by saying, and you're positive that a UFO crash landed in the low downtown house backyard of a middle-class family. And then he pauses and he says the Tanner residence, <laughs> Roger, I'm looking into it. Oh, that's funny. I honestly don't know much about Alf yeah. show, but I'm that's the family that's funny. show. <laughs> I, that's funny. I've like, like sometimes I'll leave it on the background, like when I'm like doing something else or like answering a phone call, mm-hmm. and like I'll hear him like jabbering with people. So that's I'll have to keep an eye an ear out for that. That's very funny. Yeah, I thought I thought that was like there's a bunch of them, but that one I was like, I Alf, I would have never <laughs> expected it. Um, and then the last one, um, is about, there's actually some, that was also fandom XCOM wiki. This is, uh, some secret XCOM custom character builds that you can do. So, um, so this is from the YouTube channel geek remix. Um, and in the game, I guess, um, as you're like editing, uh, characters attributes, if you go in and just edit the names, there are four, uh, game creator or creators actually that you can do. Um, the, and it'll like do like a generated character for them that's already pre-made in the game. So um, the first one is Sid Meier, who's the creator of the oh, Civilization yeah, yeah, yeah. series. Uh, the second one is Otto Zanders, who did the Guava Moments Let's Play series of the original XCOM game. Um, the third one is Ken Levine, which is the creator of System Shock and Bioshock. Have you played no, those? No, but um, I know that they just, they're doing like a re a remaster or something like that. I feel like I saw something on steam that, um, I wanted to get into because like Bungie made those and they made the original halos. And I was a big fan of Halo. Oh. So like, I've always wanted to retroactively play them. Um, but I haven't gotten to it yet, Ooh, but I'm definitely check. going to. Oh, nice. Got to check that out. And then the last one is someone named Joe Kelly, who's a comic book <laughs> writer, best known for yeah. Deadpool, uncanny X-Men and action. Oh, comics. That's dope. I have, so if you put those names in, like the characters will like be created. Yeah, a little character will oh, generate. Shit. I gotta try uh, that out. That's cool. Yeah, so fun little you know Easter egg about the game, but uh, that ends the fact me by your game <laughs> segment. Um, and the last little one before we go is the game recommendation mm-hmm. segment. So, uh, Zig, this is my one forced uh, tie into the movie. Call me by your name. <laughs> yeah. um, 
And so this whole segment came about because I was thinking, you know, at the end of the movie, uh, when Timothy Chalamet's character ends his relationship with Army Hammer's character, I was just thinking about in real life when people go and move on to new Mm -hmm. relationships. I've had friends, you know, move on and date someone like eerily similar (laughs) to who they were with before, maybe dating someone who's wildly different or out of left field. So these recommendations are based off that criteria. Um, So the first one is if you also want another turn-based strategy game, but is, but more fantasy based, I know you're into Mm -hmm. sci-fi. It's a game I've already referenced on this episode. And that is fire emblem three houses for the switch. I haven't played it, but like Um, I have a friend Brody who is super into fire emblem. And like, I was going, I'm definitely, it's on the list of games to download. Awesome. So most of the time, the recommendations I make, I haven't actually played Mm -hmm. this one. I have, and it was really cool. Um, In fact, the reason I asked you about the relationships like in between battles is because they do a ton of that in Fire Emblem. Yeah. Um, The second one is that if you'd like more of a retro style real-time strategy game, uh, the recommendation I have for you is a game you might actually have trouble finding, which is Ogre Battle, the March for the Queen, which is from the SNES. Ogre actually, Battle, that's a cool name. Yeah, so it's like it's a it's a, another turn based strategy game, but um, like when you actually are engaging with the enemies, you kind of get into a little like RPG oh, style. This looks cool. Brief I'm looking at images right now. This looks rad. Oh, nice. Yeah, so uh, that one is pretty highly regarded. And the last one, this is my out of left field recommendation. If Zig, if what you took away from this game that you happen to love and can't let go of is the aliens, then my recommendation for you is not a game like this at all. It's actually a side-scrolling mm-hmm. puzzle game, and that is Abe's oh, Odd World, dude, which is on the I PlayStation. I love that game. I uh, I uh, I, oh, I, I played it <laughs> when it was on like the PlayStation, but like I remember I would always get killed because I was so bad at it. But like I re-downloaded it on re-downloaded it on Steam, like maybe eight months ago and I've been playing through it very gradually. Like I love that game. Oh. Great, great recommendation. That. Oh, I love that. That's so fun. Uh, man, what, uh, and, and I've never patted myself <laughs> on the back for a wreck, but I'll, I'll do that right now. Um, I have that. The only way I've played that game is I have the PlayStation classic, oh, which is yeah. like pretty, Oh, just yeah. okay. Um, but that's on there and that's one I want to dive into. Yeah. It's uh, fun. It's well. hard as hell, but, but it's fun. Awesome. Um, and then there's the remake or not the remake, but the sequel, I guess, coming out for the yeah, PS5. I, saw Did that. You see I was that? watching that, that trailer reveal for the trailer reveals, I guess, for the PS5. And I saw that. I was like, oh, hell yeah. Like it, it basically is, it's my excuse to go back and actually finish those games. Totally. So yeah. So anyway, that'll bring us to the end of the game recommendation segment and Zig that pretty much brings us to the end of the show. Um, so before that, before we go ahead and plug stuff and you can feel free to plug anything and then I'll do some stuff and get out of here. I just wanted to thank you again for taking the time to do this. This is Thanks for having me. Like I love talking video game stuff and this has been, uh, this is like a very fun adult conversation that I feel like a lot of video game podcasts don't have those. So like, I'm definitely, appreciative of that and so i want to give you a shout out for having a very fun like very fun low stakes show but also that dives into like i think more mature uh breakdowns of like games and stuff yeah well thank you thank you very much uh i I do pride myself on being such a good adult (laughs) so that makes me feel good (laughs) um well yeah well thanks again buddy uh if if you'd like to plug anything please go Uh, ahead yeah sure check out um 
you know, yay for Zig across all social media platforms. But also, if you're into a must oh, follow, thank you. I like you. Always say I'm a podcast titan, or I'm a I'm a tweeter, twit. Uh, oh God, I can't even speak now. <laughs> oh God, my tweets are better than this usually. Um, but also, like you know, video game adjacent, I do. I host a podcast with the with my homie Birdie Reed. We also talk about um, nerd stuff. It's called the Dark Weeb. Like usually we'll do anime, but we also Ooh. will dive into video games and stuff. So like, um, if you're a fan of this show, I think you'll definitely appreciate. Um, the dark weeb. Um, can I give a? Can I give a, my own video game recommendation that I think would be a? Re- please, I think would please whatever you'd like to say. It's your um, time. I think if you um, if if XCOM seems like uh, maybe too hard to get into, there's um, a game called Mario and Rabbit's Kingdom Battle that is the exact same <sighs> genre, um, but much easier and much more lighthearted than XCOM. Um, oh. I got it on the Switch like maybe six months ago because I was having. Um, some XCOM withdrawals. So like, I definitely recommend playing that game if you want like uh, a fun, like intro into like turn-based tactical um, shooters. Mm, I was truly zig very close to putting that on my <laughs> recommendations list, <laughs> but it's like, I've seen, it's been like very cheap, like 15 bucks. Yeah. For all, yeah. So I, I bought, just yeah, get I bought it for like 15 bucks and it's like, I'm only maybe a couple hours in, but it's incredibly fun to play. Cool. <laughs> I love it. Um, did, sorry, I kind of cut you off. Did you have anything else you were going to plug or was that No, it? that's it. And I guess, uh, you know, watch She-Hulk, whatever that comes out, whenever people start making movies again. Hell um, yeah. Who knows? But uh, yeah, that's it for me, plug-wise. Amazing. Well, thank you again. And I'll go ahead and end the show with a few plugs myself. Uh, this show is produced by the great Jeremy Schmidt. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at Ocarina of Crime. You can find him on Instagram at Scaremy Schmidt. And I would highly recommend listening to his show, Video Games and Comedy Show. It's more of a round table style podcast, but we're actually, and I guest on it occasionally, we're actually getting right up to the 100th episode. We've been doing a countdown to 100. So we've been doing top 10 lists. Uh, the mo- one of the more recent episodes was top 10 worst cops in video games. So quite a, quite a topical, very fun episode we did. Um, and then uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Connor underscore McCabe. I haven't been on Twitch much lately, but I plan to return. Uh, so I got to try to make money mm-hmm. somehow. And that is uh, twitch.tv slash cons is cool. 69. Thank you so much for listening to the call me by your game podcast. And we'll see you on the next one.